Hey guys, it's Dan Martin and it's on education and today we are going to be talking about the important topic of teacher shortages and we will also discuss maybe some of the reasons behind the shortages that we're experiencing today. And the first thing that we'll be talking about is a paper that was on the 74million.org webpage and it's entitled a national teacher shortage question mark new research reveals vastly different realities between states and regions and the authors of this paper are uh, Nugent from Kansas State University uh, Lamb uh, from the same University Kansas State and a fellow by the name of last name Bruno from the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana and uh, what they um, kind of concluded is that there are definitely teacher shortages, uh, but they are uh, more prevalent in certain areas of the country. And they state here, firstly, the data suggests that the pandemic has exacerbated uh, shortages in specific teaching areas in some states that have faced persistent and well-documented sh uh, shortages for years creating a patchwork of different education realities in the United States that vary from district to district and across state lines. All right, and so uh, let's take a look a little bit further in uh, what they found. Uh, they said there are substantial teacher vacant uh, positions in the United States, and for some states that's much higher than other states. It's just a question of how severe it is. Nugent, lead author on the working paper and education researcher at Kansas State University says, the pandemic has just exasperated the situation that has already started to build up, just making matters worse in some states. And so he goes on to state that nationally, an estimated 36,504 full-time teaching positions are unfilled, with the number potentially as high as 52,800. All right, so this kind of struck me as odd right off the jump, is what, why is there such a broad range here and what kind of data are they using uh, and they go as far as to admit in the paper that a lot of the data is incomplete and uh, not exact in nature and they're making some projections on their data and he said it was also reported that there were some 163,000 unqualified teachers in positions and so um, uh, one of the things that kind of caught my eye here was if, if you really think about it, you can add this uh, 36,504 to the 163,000 because really if you're putting an unqualified teacher in a position, basically it's unfilled. Um, and so if in reality here, if you add these numbers up, you're just shy of 200,000 on the low end and 215,800 on the high end of unfilled positions. Uh, and so I think one needs to keep that in mind when looking at this uh, data that they present. Uh, and then uh, the title here of my slide is Beware of Raw Numbers. Uh, let's read what they say. They say the vacancy estimates from Nugent and co-author Lamb and Bruno are significantly lower than the 300,000 reported by the National Education Association and national media. 
the higher estimates includes non-teaching staff such as bus drivers and school counselors. All right, so really, uh, you know, 200,000 plus and 300,000, there's, there's a difference there and it's substantial, but you have a lot of support staff in schools and public schools. You have bus drivers, you have custodians, uh, you have guidance counselors, principals, assistant principals, and so there's a lot of support staff in our schools. And the support staff is equally important as the teachers because you can't run a school without them. And I underlined here on my slide, raw numbers, okay? So they say, the highest raw numbers of open teaching positions are concentrated in the South and Lower Atlantic where, uh, where about 22,000 positions are open, triple the picture in the Midwestern states, Alabama, which has 300,000 vacancies in 2020-21, sits in stark contrast to Illinois, where uh, 1,700 positions were left unfilled. Okay, so one of the things that kind of caught my eye here, and they say Florida, Georgia, Mississippi uh, also experienced high raw numbers of vacancies in 2021-22 per year, each missing uh, at least uh, 3,000 teachers. The, the thing about raw numbers is you, you have to kind of keep in mind that in areas where there's a higher concentration of teachers in high population areas, uh, maybe a uh, you you're have three positions open and you have over a thousand students in your in your district. But if you're in a smaller school district, maybe of only a hundred students, if you have three vacancies, that's a whole lot more damaging to the school uh, in percent per student. So I think one of the things that you have to keep in mind is that these raw numbers might not necessarily tell the effect of the vacancy. Really, it should be reported in vacancies per 100 student or, or some other measurement that takes into account the total populations of students involved and affected by the vacancy. And so um, these numbers uh, didn't really uh, mean a whole lot to me uh, by looking at uh, what they what they had stated. Okay, uh, so I wanted to know, uh, figure out how many teachers there were in the United States. And I was gonna use that uh, information to kind of uh, put a percentage on the loss of, of teachers uh, that we've had. Um, currently. And so uh, looking at this data uh, from uh, thinkimpact.com, uh, the, the title of the article is how many teachers are in the United States updated for 2022. And they state uh, here that they're uh, in the school year 1819, uh, uh, 2018 to 19, there are about 3,170,000 uh, public school teachers. In the year 19, uh, the school year 19 to 20, there were 3,214,673 public school teachers. And in the year 2021, there was 3,197,000 public school teachers. And so they also projected out uh, by the year 2029 uh, that we would need 3,390,000. Um, and, and that number really, really seems kind of low to me, 
considering uh, the influx of migrants uh, that we've had across the southern border uh, in this year alone. We have had over two million uh, migrants uh, come in and I don't know the percentage of school age uh, children in that but I would estimate that that would be a very uh, large number of children that we will be responsible for educating in the future. Uh, but anyway, I, I, this was the, the numbers that they came up with. Uh, some of them are projected and some of them are calculated. And so uh, using these numbers, uh, let's take a look and see uh, perhaps uh, what the percentage is for this 2020-21 uh, year how, what the percentage is of teachers that we've actually uh, lost or the percentage of unfilled vacancies, I guess we could say. Okay, so we're going to use this number of uh, 3,197,000 uh, public school uh, teachers. Um, if, you, if you look at that number and you look at the number from the previous year, the 2019-20 school year, uh, we've lost uh, approximately 17,673 teachers. Uh, so if, if you look at the number of unfilled uh, vacancies and underfilled vacancies uh, from the previous study from Brown University, we had about 200,000 unfilled positions. And so uh, if you divide that by 3,197,000, uh, you get a 6% shortage in the number of teachers. Um, if you, I, I was really unclear whether this 200,000 uh, number also included uh, private school teachers, but let's, let's um, project out and say that it did. Uh, if it included the uh, private school teachers, you'd have 200,000 divided by 3,684,000 uh, teachers and that would have be a 5.4 percent vacancy. So this is where I get the number of, of between five and six percent shortage uh, nationwide. If, if these numbers are anywhere close to right, and uh, I've also seen studies that have said that the shortage is as much as nine percent, and I've seen studies that say it's uh, a shortage of only four percent. So uh, take that with a grain of salt and. Um, and you know use that as a type of ballpark figure okay so let's discuss some of the factors driving vacancies according to uh, the uh, the working paper that was reported uh, in Brown University you know the one from uh, from the professors from Kansas State University and also from the University of Champa uh, University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana uh, and so they, they say thousands of open posts does not mean that the teachers left the classroom in droves during the pandemic. Um, what they said rather, three trends are unfolding simultaneously. Uh, teacher preparation programs face declining enrollment, respect uh, for interest in teaching has plummeted, and most districts expanded hiring beyond pre-pandemic numbers uh, with federal uh, relief aid. And so. And so they, you know, kind of have a mismatch of things going on or confounding factors, they say. So let's talk about first uh, interest in teaching plummeting. And so they report, uh, they did a survey of their own in 2019, 
they say that 60% of Americans graded their schools as an A or B, but after two or more, but after after more than two years of disruption, 52% give those marks in this in this in the latest Education Net survey. So basically, in 2019, 60% said that they uh, of the survey said that they give their school an A or B, uh, but uh, in 2021, only 52% did the same. Um, so uh, this was a, a concern about the perception of public schools, and they say that it kind of uh, gives a uh, confounding effect for people wanting to go into the profession. I certainly feel that that might be true. Uh, so the downward trend has been consistent between 2008, 2009, 2018 and 19 academic years, the number of people uh, completing a teacher education program declined by almost a third. Traditional teacher preparation program saw the largest decline, 35%, but alternative programs experienced drops too. And so th this general trend of, you know, they're making the correlation here, and I don't know if you can make that scientifically or not, but they, you know, the anecdotal evidence is that you know the the perception of schools uh, going down as being good, and the enrollment in teacher uh, preparation programs has has decreased steadily over time. Uh, in in even um, you know going far, as far back as I think they had the data going back to uh, 2008 and 2009. So. Um, yeah, so so there you go. Um, so this drop in teacher candidates because of the perception of schools and then also uh, increased hiring and, and uh, uh, federal aid uh, for for schools, you know, they say is also a confounding uh, problem. OK, so uh, these researchers uh, kind of make the uh, the conclusion from their study that uh, the shortages are worse in the south than the other part of the country and and you know I don't know uh, if they can really make this case or not because they're looking at uh, they're looking at raw data uh, the raw numbers and they really don't have a idea of uh, shortages per hundred students so I think that their conclusion here that the uh, shortages are mainly in the South is probably not a good one. And, and we're going to discuss another uh, paper presented by the Vox group that kind of uh, at least anecdotally uh, reports teacher shortages all over the country. And in some of the Midwestern states that they report uh, relatively have no shortages, uh, that the shortages are are very concerning to the to the educators in, in those regions, and so um, just to kind of conclude here, uh, they also uh, they say that um, that public disrespect, low wages, and legislative uh, uh, legislation restricting classroom content may help explain some of the pipeline challenges and high vacancies, particularly in the southern states. Um, they say there's also been increased attention to what it means to be a teacher, particularly about what teachers can or cannot teach in the state, 
whether or not social emotional learning is an important issue and we need to teach uh, how teachers may not teach anything about uh, racism in America Nugent says so you know I'm having trouble with this I, I just don't I don't buy it um, they say that people uh, want to teach about social issues and and that's why they're not going into the field um, but I, I really don't buy it and they say uh, that that these multitudes of factors are what are overlapping each other he said and they seem to be concentrated in the south and so uh, you know I just don't I don't buy that I don't I don't get it uh, and we're going to at least anecdotally uh, look at some other areas of the country and get some input in the next paper uh, that will uh, dispute the fact that these teacher shortages are concentrated in the south in uh, these reasons they don't really um, they don't really back it up with any data and we're going to in the following podcast we're going to talk about uh, about teachers and and their concerns and some of the things that uh, they are saying uh, is causing them uh, to want to leave the profession and and so we will we'll look at data and see what the teachers are actually talking about or saying okay so now let's look at the uh, study that was presented by the Vox group uh, this is entitled is uh, there a teacher shortage question mark teacher shortages explained uh, and uh, they uh, went out and got uh, information uh, from lots of states it uh, the first one they say here is Texas teachers are uh, deserting the classroom at high rates with Houston alone reporting nearly a thousand vacancies in early August and this is 2022 in Maryland uh, more than 5,500 uh, teachers reportedly left the profession in 2022 and then in Baltimore an estimated six to seven hundred uh, vacancies going into the fall uh, Department of Education officials in Pennsylvania are calling the state shortage a crisis and experts say uh, the state will need thousands of new teachers by 2025 and so they're projecting out and uh, looking at the trends in uh, their states okay and um, and now they uh, are reporting from Kansas Kansas is facing what has been called the most severe teacher shortage it has ever had about 1,400 uh, teaching jobs are unfilled. In Florida, there are 8,000 teacher vacancies, up from 5,000 at the state uh, of uh, going back to the previous school year. The shortage is also reported as being dire in other states, including Nevada, California, Illinois, Arizona, and Missouri. Some experts say that even school districts that don't usually face shortages are struggling with vacancies and it's hard for teachers uh, to hire teachers even for subjects that are typically easy to fill and this has been our experience in uh, South Central Kentucky uh, where I'm at in Bowling Green um, there are elementary school uh, vacancies that are having to be filled uh, with uh, from student teachers and so and then in the high schools uh, there are many un uh, underqualified uh, teachers teaching in subject matters and, and filling in for for those vacancies as well so I think we're seeing um, kind of a nationwide uh, teacher shortage and 
like I said before, I think it's, you know, if you look at the data, if the data is anywhere near correct, it's somewhere between 5 and 6%. Uh, and I think it's going to get worse. Let's go on and, and talk about uh, some of the reasons why um, that we're having shortages. And the take home of this is 40% of the teachers surveyed say they're planning on leaving the, the profession. Uh, meanwhile, teachers have made it plain that they are unhappy. 74% of respondents in the American Federation of Teachers survey of nearly 2,400 members were dissatisfied with the job, up from 41% in 2020. And 40% said they probably would leave the profession in the next two years. And we're going to go into this survey in a lot more detail in uh, the following podcasts. Teacher shortages are nothing new. The teacher profession has been permanently plagued by shortages for the last 50 years. But what's happening this year might seem like a perfect storm. Long-term trends in profession in a healthy job market in other fields are colliding with a couple of extremely difficult years in the classroom. A mass exodus from teachers as more teachers quit and fewer uh, newly minted educators are available to take their place. Feels like it's uh, made it intuitive. It made feels like it makes intuitive sense this year. So, uh, you know, kind of a combination of a long trending uh, decrease in teacher candidates, uh, an increase in dissatisfaction, uh, partly brought on by the pandemic, has uh, uh, put a real stress on uh, the school systems. Okay, so I'll say here the U.S. Department of Education is inept, but it is, but it is actually happening. The U.S. does not uh, collect timely, detailed national data about teacher employment, so it's difficult to definitely conclude whether there is a national teacher shortage going into the 2022 school year. That has led uh, practitioners, education policy experts, and union leaders talking past one another. And so, uh, you know, when you don't have a good source of data, people tend to cherry pick the data that supports whatever their position is. And so I think we're really seeing this. Uh, they also mentioned this working paper uh, in the Vox uh, uh, report, and they go through the things that we talked about in the last uh, section of this uh, of this podcast. So, um, you know, that's a, a, a good as good as any set of data, but uh, my problem were, was with some of the conclusions that they draw uh, don't necessarily uh, correlate to data that is being presented. Okay, so, um, you know, the, the term mass exodus was used uh, in uh, the previous slides, and the perspective of a mass exodus is, is kind of a relative term, right? Just depends on how you define it. Um, it says here, and I highlighted a couple of sections in this paper to, to point out, it says the American teaching workforce, uh, workforce is huge. In 2018, there were about 3.5 million teachers in public and charter schools. So far, there is no comprehensive national data about teacher turnover, so the understanding of teacher shortages rests on these anecdotal anecdotes from individual schools, uh, districts, and some states. And so there's a real problem collecting data. And that's why I say the, 
the uh, Department of Education, the National Department of Education in our country is inept. I mean, what do they do? This is something that they should be zeroing in on. It's super important. And so I'm, I'm really disappointed to find out that they don't collect any data. Um, uh, also, uh, they point out in this paper a Blingberg uh, uh, and Kraft using both national and state level data found that the overall employment of, uh, in education has declined by about 9.3% at the onset of the pandemic and was still 4% below normal in March 2022. And so, you know, I'm feeling more and more <laughs> uh, good about my, you know, 5 to 6% estimate on on teacher shortages. Uh, you know, they, they say that um, now it, it's dropped to 4%. But, uh, you know, I'm, I've, I'm still sticking by my guns. I think it's about, you know, anywhere between five and six percent uh, short nationwide. Uh, so uh, put that in your pipe to smoke it, if you wish. OK, so now let's talk about uh, their perspective, um, this Vox paper's perspective on uh, teacher dissatisfaction. Uh, they say the usual cul culprits for teacher dissatisfaction are ever present. About 75% of pre-K to 12 uh, teachers who participated in the AFT survey reported that conditions have changed from the worst uh, for the worst over the past five years. This is the um, American Federation of Teachers survey, and the reasons included uh, workload, uh, greater responsibility unrealistic expectations, student behavior issues, pay that doesn't keep up with inflation, a lack of support from school leadership, and a lack of support from parents. About 74% of respondents said they would not recommend the teaching profession to the prospective teacher. Other large surveys of teachers from the National Education Association, the largest labor union in the country, and the RAND uh, tell a similar story. While these factors have been at the root of teacher satisfaction for a long time, experts are identifying new stressors that coupled with burnout are pushing teachers over the edge. Okay, so we're going to take a look, a more detailed look at this survey a little bit later. Uh, but these are some of the things that they pointed out in this paper. And it's a little contrasted to the, uh, the paper, uh, the Brown paper, in the fact that they really don't emphasize uh, the dissatisfaction with being able to teach about social issues, about social emotional learning, and race uh, as a focal point. And so uh, I think uh, a further deep dive into that might yield uh, some good results. Okay, so they, they also uh, took a look at the reasons why teachers are, are losing public support. And um, so let's read what they say. I'm going to add some things to this, I think. There's been a whiplash during the pandemic. At the beginning, teachers were celebrated and told they should be paid a million dollars. Later on, they were told they were incredibly selfish, said Roosevelt of Columbia University. Teachers were viewed as heroes for being on the front lines during the early, day, early days of the pandemic, with many of them quickly transitioning to online instruction to keep the learning going. But when it came time to return to the classroom at the risk of sacrificing their health and that of their families, many teachers wanted to draw the line. 
the massive demoralization of teaching force is a huge problem. There are lots of indicators of teacher unhappiness and teacher expressing a desire of an intent to leave the professions at Roosevelt. If teachers are profoundly demoralized, that's going to affect the quality of their teaching sooner or later. Uh, I guess the thing that kind of struck me about this whole thing of public support was the roles that unions played in preventing uh, students to go back to the classroom. And um, there are unions and then there are unions. <laughs> uh, a lot of times when you watch the national uh, news, you think that the National uh, Teachers Union, uh, the NEA, National Education Association Union, rules uh, the roost of all teachers. And, and that is just not the case. There are certain areas that uh, especially in the big cities where the unions really rule the schools. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll go over the reasons why I believe that is the case later. But basically what I think happened was that for a long time, teachers were treated so unfairly that uh, they unionized. And over time, the union grew and grew in numbers and grew in influence. And unfortunately, I think they've become too powerful and they are really an arm of the Democratic Party. Uh, they're heavily associated with the Democratic Party. In our particular area of the world, we don't have enough union members to collective bargain for our uh, salary and working conditions. And so, and, and that's partly because of political reasons and partly because of the union dues. The union dues are really high and our wages are relatively low compared to folks that live in the cities. Okay, so now we're going to talk about uh, uh, teacher pay and we're also going to talk about uh, some more mitigating factors in uh, making teachers decide that they want to give up the profession. Uh, and uh, the title of the slide here is teacher pay doesn't keep up. And so uh, their conclusions here are, are interesting, uh, and we'll dive into them in more detail when we look at the uh, America Federation of Teachers survey. Uh, they say here, though salaries do influence a teacher's decision to remain in the field, uh, they haven't historically been the biggest factor in the decision. When we analyze the data on the teacher quitting and turnover, salaries and benefits do matter, but not as much as they say. How much voice? and how much support teachers uh, say have had the biggest impact. Uh, those kinds of factors are more frequently cited by teachers as what make up, uh, is what make them want to uh, stay or leave. And then in the final paragraph here, they say still the teacher pay penalty, the reality that teachers are paid less than their non-teaching uh, college educated counterpoints has gotten worse over time. A new study from the Economic Policy Institute, independent non-profit think tank, found that the weekly wages of, of teachers have remained static for the last three decades. So uh, here, it's really interesting to to uh, to note that you know for 30 years, uh, teachers' pay have have not kept up with inflation. And so, and this is a general statement, and I think, you know, if you look at a map of the, of the country, and you can find these where, and then look at teacher pay, uh, there are areas of the country where 
uh, the pay is, has been pretty good. Uh, I looked in, uh, up in the northeastern area, you know, Boston, Massachusetts, that area uh, seems to have pretty good wages. And then along the coastline of California, uh, starting about middle part of the state on up, uh, on the coast at least, they've had a pretty good pay. But overall, the pay hasn't kept up with with inflation, and, and and that makes it extremely difficult for people to stay in the profession. Uh, and we'll we'll look at you know who's who's teaching, uh, um, who's leaving teaching in the uh, AFT survey, and we'll see some trends there in, in terms of uh, uh, people coming into the profession. Uh, you know the the new graduates. Or the, there's a high rate of turnover there, and there's a lot of factors involved in that, but uh, one of them certainly is pay. And this autonomy uh, issue of, of teachers not feeling like uh, that they have uh, classroom autonomy and aren't uh, supported uh, is also a, a factor uh, in this turnover. Okay, politics becoming more of a problem is the title of this. And uh, it says here that about 88% of teachers in the AFT survey said education is becoming too politicized, where they worked in 82% said that uh, were, where they worked, educators were becoming targets of political and ideological attacks. Okay, so um, I think, you know, when you when you watch the news, um, no matter uh, what, what source, uh, that you look at, there is a idea that teachers are either uh, hell bent on teaching certain uh, about certain uh, social uh, issues, uh, and that that is a focus of their instruction. And um, I can only go by personal experience um, in my teaching career. Uh, you know, there was an even-handed uh, discussion of, of history and, and race relations and social political issues, but I, it, it really wasn't uh, a major focus. Uh, uh, in, in our particular school, uh, the, the focus was on preparing students for life after, after school, whether that be, uh, I was a high school teacher, whether that be uh, going on to the university level or going into the workforce and so um, you know these political issues you know we try to you know you can't totally avoid them but uh, we tried to have an even-handed discussion about both sides of issues and uh, and, and there wasn't this uh, focus on on race or um, uh, issues involving sexuality and so forth and so I, I think that this is uh, one of the things that is clickbait. <laughs> you know, it's controversial. People are passionate about it, uh, and so uh, you you would think that this is a major major focus of of the educational process. And I don't necessarily uh, believe that that is the case. So, in in the AFT survey, we will see uh, teachers' attitudes towards these topics. Is dictated a lot by politics, by their own personal politics. About 70% of the teachers surveyed uh, were Democrats and about 30% Republicans. And the only thing that they really disagreed about was the uh, emphasis on 
uh, racism in the country. Uh, the, the Democratic teachers tended to think that they should emphasize racism more, and then the Republican teachers thought that they should uh, emphasize it less. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to look at the different views of teachers by political party in that survey, and we'll, we'll take a look at that as well. Okay, so now we'll, we'll talk just a little bit about turnover rates. And this is uh, one of the things uh, that is, uh, is, is going to present a substantial challenge uh, to our teaching workforce. Um, they say that teachers have the biggest impact on student achievement than any other factor. And, you know, I would say that that is true, although I would also say that a good teacher involves the parents and good schools make sure that they uh, at least seek uh, parental uh, help and guidance uh, in performing their duties. Uh, so I think, you know, it, it takes a community that is dedicated to providing uh, high quality education for their for their students. It says here one fifth of new teacher hires in the country have never had any practice in kid uh, with kids ahead of time. Uh, beginning teachers have among the highest rates of turnover of any other teachers. Overall, more than 44% of new teachers leave the profession within five years. The lower entry standards also risk deprofessionalizing the field. And so, uh, I think that this is a big, big challenge. Uh, uh, teaching is a career uh, that um, a lot of people think, well, you, you know, anybody can go into a classroom and teach, and that's just not the case. It takes a lot of practice. It takes experience. Uh, it takes uh, dedication uh, to become a good teacher. I taught for 20 years, and I remember when I first went into it, I thought I was going to save the world, you know, and, and, and reach lots of kids, and, and I did. But there are a lot of things that are very discouraging in the field, and a lot of uh, a lot of hard work and dedication is needed um, to overcome a, a lot of the obstacles uh, that that teachers face today. Uh, uh, there's higher and higher expectations for teachers to to be um, you know be able to be counselors to be. Uh, more than just presenting material, uh, you have to uh, be a psychologist. You have to be able to uh, read people's minds and understand kids uh, from lots and lots of different backgrounds. Uh, and it's, it's a very challenging field. So we're going to end here. And then in the next podcast, we'll talk more about this AFT survey and really dig deep into what teachers are feeling and thinking. Uh, and uh, we'll look a little bit more uh, and I'll try to uh, present my ideas about teachers unions and uh, and what role that they play uh, both good and bad in our current situation and uh, we'll we'll try to take a look at that and I think after we do that it'd be interesting to see if we can find some data from parents you know and, and get parents input about how they see their schools uh, what challenges uh, they see the schools facing and what they can do better to help educate their kids. Uh, so it's been fun uh, going over this with you. Uh, I hope that you will be inspired to be part of the solution instead of being part of the problem that we face and we all working together hopefully can turn this thing around. Peace. Mm -hmm.